Right, welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm your host, Connor, and I got co-host Jaden here, <laughs> and former guest Calvin. Thanks for having me back. And we are discussing a, a quick dip on the fly, the 1986 David Cronenberg version. And uh, who recommended this one, Calvin? Oh, Mackenzie recommended this one to yes, us. friend of the podcast, Mackenzie. So I'm glad we finally got to this one. I always like to do things that are suggested to us. So Yeah, one of our tens of listeners. Yeah, yep. no, it's... It, we we have She's a loyal fan. Yeah, we have yeah, yeah. we have more than enough time on our hands to uh, go and do the things that are recommended by people who want to hear them. So uh, I'm excited to do this one. Uh, Jane, what's your first impression of this film? Um, so I watched this movie kind of a lot when I was younger because it's one of my dad's favorites. Um, when I was a kid, I actually got scared of it quite a bit. I thought it was freaky, but as an adult, I enjoy it. It's very weird, um, goofy, and but there's a lot of amazing things about it too. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Calvin, what do you think of this one? I have less amazing things to say about it. Um, starting with the fact that it is made in the 80s. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's got I, that feel to it, for sure. Yeah. It's... Uh, feel is like a... is a, a strange word. It's, it's all about like... A, it, it's all about this vibe that 80s have. is, is like this this plastic aesthetic. And I think that's why a lot of the uh, um, practical makeup it's, it was so big in the 80s and why it like stands out as part of like horror genre like oh yeah 80s was a was a um a high point for genre because of that because of all of the makeup um it also but it just suffers from everything that's wrong with the 80s in terms of plot structure uh and camera language it's and haircuts <laughs> my god Jeff Goldblum's hair is amazing yeah I know right he's got the flowing locks it's yeah. awesome that's the thing that makes me the most sad about when he turns into the fly like oh his hair, hair. <laughs> um, I I went into this I I think I've never had a more wrong preconceived notion of, of what I thought a film was going to be I thought this was going to be just like totally goofy throughout and I was like it's just Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum and I just I was like oh this is going to be funny and I think the first half of the movie is a lot like that. And then the second half, I was like really shocked. I was like, oh, it's like really kind of tragic story. And it actually, I thought that the, it that emotion translated well for me, at least. I know maybe you guys don't like latch on to that as well. But uh, I, I thought I, I actually felt like a lot of sympathy. And I was like, oh, this poor guy at the end. And then like Jaden said, and uh, I love the all the practical effects. It's such a very 80s thing. Uh, I think there's like a charming quality to seeing that kind of stuff. Whereas like... Uh, you can look back at an 80s movie and be like, you know, I know it's fake, but it's like, it's nice. And it's like, I like seeing that. And that's uh, something you don't see. Like, I think when you look back at movies that have like bad old CGI, there's nothing charming about that. It's like, oh, this is distracting. But all the, uh, you know, all the, just the creepy, you know, uh, imagery and all the practical effects in this, I think are, are fun to see. And I'm just like, ah, I, that's one thing I like about 80s movies. I'm like, okay, I, I like seeing this. It's like comforting part of the 80s, very like. Something I, I like to see when I go into a movie like this. So I like that stuff a lot. Yeah, I think it's neat. Yeah, so, and I would say that my problem is is so much to do with the fact that I don't I don't find any emotion in the second half because the character development of Seth, you know, Jeff Goldblum's character, is one where he's, he's a creepy, like, um, nerd, you know, like, oh, yeah, I, I have this great project. You have to see it. You know, I'm not lying, unlike everyone else. And then... Uh, but he wants to connect with someone, um, but he but he doesn't want to tell the world 
it's it's so strange. And then all of a sudden they're in love and they're having sex and there's literally no uh, reason for any of that. And then he slowly starts to mutate and becomes like uh, abusive and and bad. And then it's like he tries to, uh, oh, I want to be good. Teach me how to be human at the end. And then he ultimately isn't like... It, it's just it none of it feels like I care about this character because he's all over the place and none of them are good aspects. It's just the fact that they had sex at one point, like, oh, he's so dreamy. Like that's why <laughs> you feel for him. Yeah, I, I, I do want to talk about the romance because that's one of my big problems with this. It's just it's so fast there I mean it's in like uh it, basically it's like, a slap in the face yeah, that happens so yeah, fast. Yeah. It that that whole relationship is built on uh Ver- Veronica she basically is like you're kind of cute and then all of a sudden they're sleeping together and, and then like 30 minutes in the movie uh, Seth even says he's like are we having a romance right now it's like <laughs> just to really let you know like yeah. okay you guys just need to I know we didn't build it up at all but you need to believe that they're in a relationship now and it, it doesn't work at all like uh, the romance is, is garbage which is unfortunate because I think if it had been built up better in the first half then maybe this uh, kind of change in uh, Seth and kind of the sympathy she has from at the end would have felt more natural yeah, yeah. they should have just been together before the movie started i thought that too which yeah. is uh which i know kind of takes away from the like the reporter kind of aspect of her character but then again i just like remember that just now i yeah. forgot all about it because it's so little in the movie and i don't care yeah yeah i guess the, and the other thing that it also sets up is the her ex-boyfriend like because again because I, I think this film is uh being an allegory for uh abusive relationships and how if you don't heal you kind of bounce around between ones that you think are better and that turn out to be bad just because you're looking for you you don't know what you what you actually need in life and you keep finding the same thing so i think that the fact that they weren't together the bit at the beginning also keeps with that theme but i think there is a better way of doing it that you don't need as much screen time then to devote to the change of their relationship and how they actually do care about each other. But um, they just decided to go with the worst of both. (laughs) Yeah. I I actually kind of like the idea of them at least having some rapport, like some kind of relationship prior. It it would actually kind of fit because Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum were actually dating when this was filmed. So kind of that, uh, that idea would have maybe built some of you could have introduced some of the chemistry from their actual relationship, relationship yeah which i guess david cronenberg made a point he wanted them to kind of disconnect for a while which you and can then, tell yeah because yeah. they because again this romance is so awkward and yeah. weird they yeah. don't they it doesn't seem very natural like it seems all. like two people who are actually dating pretending that they're not dating but dating somehow and yeah it's very awkward and it just doesn't it's the, all of the scenes like where they're laying in bed together and stuff i'm just like this is like uncomfortable <laughs> yeah. for me like this is weird it doesn't feel natural at all it feels like they changed some of their um like their personality like to surprise the other person like yeah. do you do you ever wash your clothes like oh yeah like i just have five sets of the same thing i bet that was like like oh yeah that's that's funny <laughs> <laughs> uh you talked about her ex-boyfriend do we want to talk about status yeah, let's, let's talk about played by, I don't think there's a lot to him. He's played by John Gens. He just is like your classic jerk, like former jaded lover. You know, I, I don't think there's a, a ton of that character. I think he he comes up big in the end. Yeah. But but again, I think that's part of that is like not earned because yeah. he's just such a douchebag. Yeah, he's just a movie. vessel for jealousy and yeah. the whole time. And then apparently that's what saves and, yeah. her life. So and, and you're talking about like abusive relationships. Like he's clearly what he is like he talks about to veronica he's like i don't want you out of my life he's trying to like 
manipulate her emotionally and he's like what about sex do you want to have sex now it's like <laughs> yeah just dude, not, you yeah, suck like, yeah. yeah like just casual just sex sex yeah and like he's throwing that temper tantrum in the middle of a department store where he throws himself on the floor like that is so oh that's so uncomfortable to me yeah very yeah. cringy oh and, and yet there are people that do things like that yeah yeah he says this is such a it's such a bad line um i mean it's like he's a bad person for saying it uh it's when veronica's kind of still staying connected with seth after he's had his transformation and she's like you know he's there's still like a good person in there i know it and he goes like i'm sure typhoid mary was a very special person uh if you meet her socially i was like oh my god what a jerk (laughs) typhoid mary i was like this is awful he's just he's yeah he's a terrible person and then to have him kind of be redeemed in the end it yeah. doesn't exactly feel earned to me at all yeah like why is he a hero at all um i mean honestly it works better with the themes if she if she breaks the cycle herself um without intervention like that i mean he doesn't the only thing he really does is um shoot the cable at the end and yeah. and he's just he's just there for for gross factor to have his limbs boiled off yeah he's also there for another gross factor which i think is just to get laid and that's his whole premise of his character which yeah is the same thing with uh, the brother in lamb i feel the exact same way about him like comforting the baby lamb as i do about him trying to save uh her Ronnie, because yeah. yeah because he's just there for one reason you know, I get that. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that in our review of that because I have a different take on that. But yeah. but again, I'm, I'm interested to kind of rewatch that movie and take it with that look. Um, do we want to talk about the weird gymnastic scene after Seth? He's gone through the telepod, and uh, he's he's starting to change. He's got like superpowers now. He's gross looking. Well, this is like before he's got all the. Yeah, he, he still looks all like gnarly to me. Face, yeah. It's like you need a shower, buddy. But like this, <laughs> yeah. he's just yeah. They just la- they just slathered him up with some oil. Like, yeah. yeah. Now this is we're gonna go for uh, oh, what's the movie with Patrick Swayze and the 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 pot uh, the oh wait. ghost yeah ghost yeah <laughs> that's what this feel we we need to go we need to have our own Patrick Swayze and yeah. you need to get on the. Um, on the pommel horse and give us some good <laughs> show. The idea of sexy Jeff Goldblum and like sex god Jeff Goldblum is so weird to me because I just associate him with like, oh yeah, the scientist from Jurassic Park or like more recently the eccentric uh, the slave owner in uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok, you know, like, yeah, or, you know, like that's what I think. All of, of his apartments.com commercial. Yeah. yeah. And so it's weird to see him, uh, see him like that. I think it's odd. Um, but yeah, my big problem with this whole workout thing that happens is no one is like concerned or freaking out like veronica's in the room seeing him do all this stuff and then she's not like what is happening like there's no score going on in either it's just him flipping around on the the like the chin-up bar and he's like he's like keeps hitting the ceiling with his feet like it's just such an awkward scene and there's like no sound to it there's nothing going on no one's like oh my god music yeah and no one's like did you just see what I, i can do now like no one's shocked by it like veronica's reaction is to go up and like touch him on the chest and that's it the scene is so weird it's very strange yeah, yeah. she's like hey, what 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 olympics were you in again yeah like that's kind of like the like she just assumed that he was like a d1 athlete or something yeah. this was normal and hey like i just it's a little bit so more great. than just a d1 athlete man that's it's like olympic level status yeah, exactly. dude. yeah. it's just odd uh, well and it's not only odd because of uh those things but it's also the camera the camera is so uncomfortable in that that's it's just trying to get as wide as possible to 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 show us the physical prowess of what he's capable of doing right now. But it's not meaning to it. None of these angles are very interesting. They're really just set up so you don't see the um, the stunt double's face. Did you see that? Yeah, when he's spinning around on the on the bar, there's like a beam 
like an iron girder beam, yeah, like yeah. right in right in front of it, so you can't see anything. It's so that I find that so frustrating. <laughs> I know exactly why they did it, but it does not add anything to the the mise en scene of the of the composition. It's just so uh, they. I, I don't even know what the point of it is. Like, it goes on for so long. So long. Like, like you could just have him do his little chair push-ups, uh, and yeah, you don't yeah. need to have him jump on pipes and, that can absolutely and not, not have Gina Davis there. Like, she doesn't need to be there. It it's, just makes it so weird and unnatural. Like, because, like, yeah. yeah, you'd be freaking the fuck out. Like, yeah, you've uh, known him for some time now, and all of a sudden, he's just like, yeah, I can do these crazy things. Yeah. Again, that that's like it doesn't help the romance at all. It makes the romance make less sense because yeah. like so have they grown to know each other now? So this should be concerning to her that he can do all this stuff. Yeah. Like you said, they should have a rapport now. So the fact that he's flipping around, she should be like, "Whoa, where is this from?" Yeah, when did you learn how to do this? Like, when did you get this like yeah. kind of ability? What the heck is going on? So the yeah. fact that she has no reaction at all makes me think like, okay, their relationship hasn't moved forward at all. They still don't know anything about each other. It's it's yeah, that's mm-hmm. a crazy scene. That's the kind of stuff I was expecting to see in this movie. Like, that's why I thought this was going to be like, oh, this is going to be a laugh a minute. Like, it's just going to be goofy 80s stuff. Yeah. And so, like, we'll continue in that vein because I think uh, the way the 80s treats computers is so funny. It's like no one really understood what a computer was capable of or what it really did. So it would just press buttons and it yeah. would do whatever they needed the story to do. And you just have a, <laughs> you just have a cool graphic show up. And so... Uh, after Seth has got these powers, he's trying to figure out what's going on because he's kind of starting to deteriorate and become more sick. And he finds out that the fly was in the telepod with them. And again, it's just neat graphics on the computer. And he's like, why Why is Seth like, sick? Like, why does Seth feel this way? And the computer just tells him exactly, like, that's not how any of this works. Yeah, like, yeah. the fact that it could actually identify structurally that it was a fly in the first place. Like, that, I, can, I can kind of understand, like, if you're... If you're picking points of how to transport something, teleport something, you have to have the general shape of the object that was teleported. But to say that, like, chemically, oh, yeah, this is a fly, when... Yeah. yeah, That's the problem I had, the issue I had with that. And if the computer can recognize it, like, in his body after he had been teleported, why didn't it just stop it? Like, like, oh, hey, there's a fly in there. Computer be like, boop, 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 no transport. Yeah, Yeah. they'd be separate, or they'd be separate things. Like, I always, it always bugs me, like, what, where do we draw the line in terms of uh, teleportation? Is it things, how tightly bonded do the atoms need to be? Like, is hair necessarily something that's going to be transported the way that we think it is? Because what if you had a loose hair that wasn't connected to your head anymore? Well, how does that work? Do you become half hair, half human? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think that's, that's what, what this, what this is missing. Uh, from like the original um, this idea of identity like you've you've uh, spliced something together and it's a totally different thing and this is it's a thought experiment with teleportation in general like if the atoms are deconstructed and sent somewhere else do you actually die like do you even have a is it just uh, the thought of something being recreated by the biological process of the brain that say I have continued in this, whereas that brain actually did die, and you have the sense that you did die, but to everyone else afterward, it looks like teleportation is real until right. they actually try and teleport themselves and realize that they died. I think there are a lot of interesting questions there that are just like, oh, I'm there's no politics in insects. Yeah, right? <laughs> I do. I'm glad you brought that up because I I have a big problem with this that. I made a note the telepod problem. It shows up in that movie Prestige as well. Hugh Jackman's character, he has like that teleporting machine and it creates a duplicate, but like one of them will die. And then there's other theories like uh, people think like the transporters and like Star Trek is it's literally killing the person who steps into it and then 
creating a copy that shows up somewhere else. And I think he even talks about it. He's like, it's I'm being deconstructed and destroyed and then rebuilt somewhere else. So it's like the idea to me is like, is some amount of self-preservation should take place where you're like, yeah, essentially in like the continuity, it seems just like someone moved from one place to another. But in reality, it's like, did Seth die? And now he's a different person. I, I just, I always have a problem with movies that do these like teleporting things where it's like, yeah, well, technically you die, but there's another one that shows up. So it's like, you didn't really die. It's like, well, I would never step into that because I don't, I don't myself want to die. I don't care if there's another version of me that comes out on the end. And to everyone else, it feels like my, my, my personal, uh, my persona is carrying on. I just hate that idea. I don't know what you guys think of it. I hate the whole, like that teleporting problem, killing yourself and then having another one appear. I think is stupid. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I definitely would not do it. I'd be like terrified. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get yeah. torn into a million pieces and then put back together. No. Everyone else he tries to put in the telepod has a normal reaction like, to it. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're all like, I'm afraid. I don't want to do it. It's like, yeah, I'd be afraid too. This yeah. is silly. Yeah. And I wish thing. there was like a, a like a hard line of difference in personality. That like They said something about what it means to be teleported, that you're not actually the same person. So if the, the personality was like 180 degrees after that, and it didn't even have anything to do with the fly. I think that that would actually be more fun in terms of thought experiment. It's obviously not as much a horror movie anymore. But if this isn't the same person anymore yeah. because they were teleported, I think that's a, that's a really fun story. There's so much there that you can explore that isn't cheesy and goofy. Yeah. But of course, you don't have Brundlefly at the end. Yeah. yeah. Which we need Brundlefly. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, like even after he transfers to the steak, which is like, don't eat that. But she's like, it tastes artificial. Yeah, that's and, me. Yeah, and I'm like, so like, he should be more of an artificial version of himself than like what he is. Yeah, yeah. I wish they had carried that through. I mean, it's weird thinking that like the whole theme, uh, other than abusive relationships, like the symbol and the motif that they wanted to carry was all about flesh, which is kind of what I think of this film as being skin deep only, anyways. <laughs> so that's that's helpful <laughs> in that sense. But like, yeah, how everything is a, is about like, she's like, I'm on to something big and Staff is like, what, his cock? And <laughs> Dude, oh my God. There's, there's so many dick references yeah. in this movie. Yeah, and that's like the point. It's all about like, uh, like skin and what it means to be this other person. But it's just a motif. Like we don't actually question any of it. Yeah. And right. it's the same... The same sort of thing with the the baboon. Like we don't actually care about the baboon because it's it's we just care about what its skin is. Right. Yeah, I definitely care about the baboon. Yeah, but I just love like his reaction <laughs> after. Like, yeah, I just I have a hard time transporting organic matter, and he's like, yeah, see, this is this is what happens. She's like, man, that's unfortunate. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh darn, you just murdered that baboon. She's not even like, where the fuck did you get baboons from? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, did you go to the zoo and just steal those things? What's going on here? Yeah. Why don't, don't you use mice for, like, yeah. <laughs> scale? There's, like, a good reason that they're a normal lab uh, animal for yeah. that reason. I do like that scene, though. I think it's the first introduction of the really cool, uh, like, practical effects, which is, again, one of the things I like most about this movie, having the baboon, like, inside out. And yeah. it's, it's, like, pulsing, and it's so creepy. It's so gross, but it's, like... Freaking pile of silly that's breathing. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, gross yeah. as hell, dude. Yeah. And I think it looks great. Like, it does, uh, yeah. Like, things like this, and then I watched The Thing not too long ago, um, and I, I had never seen it before, and it has these great practical effects, and that's why it's kind of a... It's it's a classic. Like, people love that movie, and I, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Like, I love... I love 80s practical effects. There's yeah. just like I, I keep saying it and maybe I'm using the word wrong, but to me there's a charming quality to it, even though it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's funny too, like the continuing on from like um, 
the baboon getting turned out and then uh ronnie was like was here she she uh he was feeding her the steak and she was like oh i don't want to eat that there was a baboon in there that's unsanitary yeah disgusting yeah that has nothing to do with the 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 ethical problems of of uh uh transporting something that you know is about to implode yeah and still like and then like going on from there is like i need to teach it the poetry of steak like why is that like yeah it's a weird thing to say. It's not. That's not a scientist. Like, no, that's not like that's something they would have realized a long time ago. Like I just don't understand like how you even. He's just so Jeff Goldblum in this. Like, yeah, it's it, the it's dude. A, just be the same. He's the same character in every movie, and I don't really have a problem with it. He's just his the the quality he brings to his every movie he's in is is so fun that yeah. I don't I don't really mind that he's just Jeff Goldblum all the time. He's always on. Yeah. Um, like his whole, whole rant about how uh, he's jumping into the plasma. Oh, the plasma dive. and oh, Yeah. That's so goofy. And it's, yeah, it is so Jeff Goldblum. He's like, oh, you're scared. You're scared of the plasma, are you? Yeah. He's like, I'm yeah. not talking about just penetration, like, but penetration of the universe. Yeah, it's so goofy. <laughs> it's like, that's how you're going to convince someone to get into your telepod is to dive into the plasma. It's so goofy. It is a very strange thing to say. But I think I want to turn now from all the kind of fun of this movie which is kind of the first half to the part i i think is interesting is the 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 change in his character and i think that there's i know you said it you don't really you don't really like think he's much of a character or it's like just kind of a he's a a allegory for like a being a, a abusive relationship but i think he has a really good line uh that deals with his identity and he's like uh i'm an insect that dreamt of being a man and loved it but now that insect is awake and he's telling Veronica this. He's like, you need to get out. He's like, I'll hurt you if you stay. And the fact that he delivers that line through pounds and pounds of prosthetic makeup. And I think the way it's filmed looks good. I I know Calvin probably won't like this, but he like steps out of the shadow into the light. And it's, it is dramatic, but I love that scene. And I love the line and I, and I totally bought into it. I was like, that's when for me, I was like, oh man, this is like really tragic story. Like, yeah. I really, I felt a lot during that scene. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that like reminds me of like the way you feel about that scene is the way I feel about the rooftop scene with him, um, which he's like, he's trying to stop her from getting the abortion and all that stuff. And he's like, he's trying to convince her we should all be one person. Like he's lost his mind, but it's like out of, this is out of like tragedy to him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's there's like, you're trying to get rid of the last part of me that was human. He says that on the rooftop. He's like, why would you kill Brundle? Yeah. Because like, he, he's, because at that point he's Brundlefly. He's not yeah. Brundle anymore. He, because I think that's, that's. To me, that's why I think there's enough hints at like identity and how he's changed. Yeah, which I I get what Calvin's saying. It's probably more uh, uh, well done in the original, but I think there's enough like identity stuff because he talks about how he wants to be the first insect politician, and he's yeah. I think there's enough stuff going on with his character that I I can buy that there is identity to him. And then just how much Jeff Goldblum comes out from underneath that prosthetic makeup oh God, is insane. So good. I'm just like he looks nothing like him, but yet yeah, everything about him is still Jeff Goldblum. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I take them all as like elements of someone going insane rather than someone struggling with uh, identity because they're they don't really they don't follow a uh, a pattern they don't follow a uh, uh, kind of set up payoff type thing what they what they seem to say is someone that's just so narcissistic that they think that someone else's baby is more theirs than somebody than uh than um 
their partner. You know, there there it's an equal creation between two people. But the fact that he thinks that he's the only one that has a uh, right to it and that it's it's more a part of him. And that's like the ego that's coming through. And I think it's an allegory for like modern day interpretations of abortion, like because of that, like right. it's when we when you when you look at it, it's this gross um, male uh like persistence like of like i need to exist in the world i need to pass on my seed whether you want a maggot in your body or not yeah because that's that's the thing is like it's all it's it's about like i don't want a, a rapist's baby baby because right. you can think yeah. of it like that because he's just he's turned into a completely different person yeah you know that's uh the this the dream scene where she goes and has the abortion done that's uh david cronenberg is playing the gynecologist Oh really? He pulls out the little maggot baby thing. thing that is, scene is so disgusting. creepy. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. I wish that was real though. Like I hated I, that I it was agree, a dream. Yeah. Yeah. That one was that was really irritating to me that it was that it was a dream. I hate almost all dream like I hate all dream dream sequences in movies that make it feel like it's part of the movie. Like yeah. I hate that so much. Yeah, if it's not meant to be representational and they're not and it it feels that way, yeah. like those ones feel like they're um like they exactly like you're saying like they're happening within the same time frame yeah. they're happening within the logic of the narrative so what is really the point if you're not going to say a whole lot with it it's just like ah creepy magazine it's just like oh hey we really wanted to do this cool scene but like we're actually ending the movie before it but let's just throw in the dream sequence so that way we can show the audience a maggot baby yeah exactly like we already made the maggot baby let's throw it in somewhere <laughs> yeah. yeah we got to use this thing all right <laughs> a lot of work went into it. it has to be in the movie uh yeah, I, I love I, thinking like probably like inside of it's just like a, sh- a couple shake weights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, saw some of those at the thrift store the other day. I was like, whoa, I forgot these existed. Yeah, wow, they've really know. taken a tumble. Did I always think of the, the South Park episode yeah. or the shake weight? That's all I ever think about. That's how I associate that. That's how far all the far the uh, the shake weights fall, and it's it's only associated with South Park to me. Yeah, <laughs> South Park and thrift shops. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so uh, Jane mentioned earlier, I think. The, the climax of this is amazing as far as like the, the special effects and, and the pro, uh, the prosthetics and practical effects go. The the flesh falling off Seth before uh, he tries to force Veronica into the pot. It's also telepod. gross, dude. It's, it's so, so gross. Disgusting. I think the I love like his jaw being ripped off. Yeah. And then it, yeah, and you see the, like, like the mandibles <laughs> under it. It's yeah, so it. creepy. There's a <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I, I love I love that scene. I think. I, I, to me that like builds into the tragedy of the character i think it's like now he's like a, you've always known he's gross but now you like really realize like yeah. how far this guy has fallen from where he started yeah the and it's persona so horrible yeah the persona has fallen off and we see what's really underneath and that's the that's the terror of like falling into the patterns of abusive relationships is when you find out who's really under the skin um <gasps> Scarlett Johansson. oh my god yeah <laughs> That's such an old review. That we did. Yeah, it's like so long ago that's, we did Under the Skin. That's such a great movie and such a mediocre review by us. Um, <laughs> I think there's some moments there, um, but that's a long one. I think that's that was my first episode, right? Yeah. Where we interviewed me. That's yeah. terrible. No, it's yeah. great. Um, but yeah, people should check that one out. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I yeah, just, just love... click it once at least. <laughs> I love. I just love the prosthetic and and then I think again, kind of building on the tragedy of of that character is, at the end, it seems he's even though he's like full insect now. It seems Veronica comes up to him with the gun and he like grabs the barrel and puts it on his head. It's like it, it kind of coming to terms like okay, like this is I'm a crappy person. I don't like being this way anymore. It's time to end it. And so that's 
I, I love the ending to this. I, it, it almost, for me, mostly redeems the first half ridiculousness of this film because I think the end is, is awesome. Do you guys, uh, do you guys enjoy it or is it just kind of like goofy? It's super, 80s? super cringeworthy. Um, I mean, one part that I love to watch, even though like it makes me uncomfortable. So is- cringeworthy in terms of like, just visceral unsettling yes like my physical like my body is cringing like i am like like, yeah um and one of my favorite scenes in the movie is like when he's using his vomit to melt off uh dude's hands and feet and like that is just disgusting like he's just throwing up this white gooey pudding looking stuff (laughs) it's so gnarly yeah and it's yeah it's disgusting man and like the dude's in pain and like they show the hand melting for so long yeah. I'm like, <laughs> so long take the camera away from there it's fine like, yeah. it doesn't look that good yeah like we get it yeah i love too like how they set up the idea of how he does eat his food um they don't show the one where they record it but he shows up like oh ronnie i need you to come over and then he's just like uh like i just i'm scared and i, I don't know what and he just like he like grabs a donut because and like there's no setup for it. Like he's just grabbing a donut and he's like, <laughs> he's like, that's gross. <laughs> I that's, shouldn't have done that in front like of that, you. Like, yeah, I don't remember what his line was, but it was just like, yeah, that that the, that would. Be, there's a few social codes you just broke by doing whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I like to think that David Cronenberg is like, yeah, we're gonna have a scene where you eat and you're gonna puke on the thing, and then Joe. Jeff Goldblum just did his own thing for it. Yeah. Like, that scene yeah. is so Jeff Goldblum. He's like, that was gross, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, very self-aware of what happened. He's like, I do love that scene. Like I said, there's a lot of, there's so much really neat, gross stuff in this. So if you just want to sit down and enjoy 80s grossness, I think this is the perfect movie. Oh, yeah. This is absolutely, as far as 80s grossness goes, yeah. I think it's a yeah. home run hitter. It's so, yeah. it's so fun. It's, especially the last 20, 30 minutes. The film is actually, I would say it's really good. It, it would be better as a, as a short. If we cut out of, cut everything else out of the film and just had the last 20 30 minutes i think it i think it would hit the same because i don't think that we've set up these characters enough that we care about them to the degree that the acting uh isn't what saves it you know what i mean yeah like i said the, the only the, the stuff that matters to me most in this is the last is, is the second half of the movie like mm-hmm. beyond yeah. that beyond that i i don't really care but besides for like kind of just the funny quirkiness of the first half and just kind of the eye rolling like why is this happening kind of stuff yep. in the yeah. first half uh, it would have been nice if just the first half was better. That way it felt more earned at the end. But I still think the end is just, it's too much fun. It's, I mean, it's great. And when he gets fused with a freaking telepod, like. <laughs> Which I have an issue with. Like, if he was instantaneous there, why wasn't he instantaneously, when you're talking about uh, a genetic molecular fusion, why was he not instantly Brundlefly when he went through? Like, why was yeah, it slowly changing? Whereas he comes out of tu- with tubes and circuits when he yeah. gets fused with the telepod. Isn't the story one of those? Because it's not as good a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to rate this one, uh, Jaden? How much? How much plasma would you give this one? Uh, I'll give it five point two. Okay. Out of ten, um, I'm not going to give probably any '80s movie above an eight. So there's that scale. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing. Like you, you'd really have to go outside of uh, the U.S. for anything in the '80s that um, not give a foreign movie that high score either. So America I mean, wins. You, you gave Lamb a really good score. I did. You gave it a nine point two. It's yeah. a really good movie. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Calvin, America much, still wins. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin, how much plasma do you give this? Uh, I'm going to give it a 4.6. There's just so many things wrong with it in terms of plot structure, boring composition, um, character development. It's not even a very good story, Like, which is what I think the 80s is all about. It's just like cheesy um, 
fake plastic stories. They're supposed to be easy and digestible. And yeah. I, I I don't even follow along. If this would have been Fly Spewer's Day Off, it would have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I can't wait for that crossover event. <laughs> Like that's what uh, the little the little fly the baby fly grows up. Yeah, oh my God. I love yeah. that. Brundle Bueller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I like I said, the second half is just so good to me, and I love to me the tragic turn it takes. All of that totally worked for me. I came into this film thinking I was like, oh, I'm just gonna laugh at this. It's gonna be so goofy. And then the fact that I felt something in it, I was like, oh, like this is really well done. And I think it's a kind of a testament to the the, the filmmaker and. Uh, the fact that you can pull off some of these scenes with so much prosthetic makeup on. I think Jeff Goldblum's awesome in this. He's just so Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I think uh, this is something I, I don't mind to like just sit and watch every once in a while. I think this is like a solid eight. I, I like this a lot. I was yeah. surprised how much I like this. But yeah, <laughs> with that, uh, I think we're closing this one out. Uh, I'm your host, Connor. And my co-host, Jaden. And former guest, Calvin. Thanks for having me back. All right, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>